give props to you all, or most of you, because you showed up on time. All right, all right. So uh, now just that's enough gift for this Sunday. All right, that's for for every Sunday. Uh, I just want to acknowledge. Uh, I always had a surprise friend visiting Mark and Jen Bellow, right, and their daughter, right. Yeah. <laughs> so they were in Japan for five, six, six years. They just come back from being in Japan for six years. The Lord put on their heart to start a ministry. It suicide is a lie, and it's to try to reach out, minister to the those in Japan. You know, suicide is a really epidemic in Japan, and so um, yeah. So they they were there for six years. Um, I'm sure they have lots of stories of what the Lord did and challenges and things. And so I just want to welcome Mark, Mark and Jen. Thanks for being here. It's good to have you. Well, for the past five weeks, we have been focusing on the theme of maturity. And so originally I started it about five weeks ago. I said it's going to be a three-week series, the marks of maturity. And it kind of just continued on. So we've been going over it through the last five weeks. And we've We've covered uh, several different topics. Here, here are some of the topics we, we covered during the series. We have it. I don't know if we're, I'm not sure if we have it. Oh, there it is. Okay. Marks of maturity. So the topics we've covered, whether you knew it or not, these are the topics we covered. Aligning our thoughts with God. This marks of maturity. Growing out of selfishness so we won't suck. Okay. Remember, that was from the uh, Francis Chan. We watched the Francis Chan video as one of the messages. Um, and then in that video also, it was learning to feed ourselves. That's a mark of maturity. Also, being sacrificial. Uh, Don Hirata shared a um, great message on submission, submitting to the Lord. And then last week, talked about living humbly. And so those are some of the topics we've been addressing. And those are good, meaty topics. Good, meaty topics that we all need to, and I feel like the Lord is challenging us to grow in. And that is part of Catalyst 2.0, is learning to mature in our faith in these different ways. But, but this week, I felt the Lord ask me a question. And the question was, what is the goal of maturity? What is the goal of maturity? And with that question, it led me to Philippians chapter 3. And so I'm going to read this verse, Philippians chapter 3. This is just verses uh, 7 and 8. It says, Paul talking, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. He says all the sacrifice, all the giving up, all the maturity, all the things he has gone through is for one purpose in mind. It's that I might gain more of Christ. That I might grow in my relationship. That we might have a closer, more intimate, deeper, loving relationship with one another. That I would be known by him and I would know him. That I would be loved by him and I would love him in return. That I would experience 
life and relationship with him face to face. Face to face. And experience God's presence in our lives. Like that's the goal of maturity. Walking in that relationship with the Lord. You know, and, and that's the main thing. And in fact, you know, that's the, basically the entire story of the Bible. If we look at the entire story of the Bible from beginning to end, it's basically about God restoring relationship with people, with his people. God restoring relationship with us. Look at this verse. This is from near the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 3, 8. Okay, this is after Adam and Eve, right? They ate from the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil that God said, don't eat from the tree. You could eat from any other tree, right? You could eat anything. Banana, pineapple, apples, or pear, plum. You could eat anything. Just don't eat from this, just this one tree. You think you could do that? But unfortunately, right? Satan tempted him, the serpent came, and they ate from the one tree. And then this is what happens. It says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from what? From the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hid themselves from God's presence. They didn't want to be with God. They didn't want to be in his presence. And you know what? I'm sure they knew God's presence was awesome, right? God's presence brings all these things, all these good things. Because when God shows up, all the things of God show up. And all the effect and impact and influence of God shows up. And yet they hid. They didn't want to be in the presence of God. And all throughout history, God has been trying to redeem that, change that. Look at near the very end of the Bible, Revelations 21, verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. And he will dwell with them. God's making his home amongst us and be permanently with us. And they shall be his people. And God himself will be among them. And then this is the impact. God says, I want to be present. I'm going to restore my presence. And we are going to be together. And look at the impact of God's presence. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no longer any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. For the first things have passed away. God's presence brings all this good stuff. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Dale and I went up. We went up for a wedding. My cousin's daughter was, was getting married. Um, it was actually a very interesting wedding because it was at a Buddhist church. And I can't remember the last time I had been to a Buddhist wedding, right? Buddhist wedding. And it, it was very interesting because it was, it was a little strange. You know, when I was growing up, some of my relatives were Buddhist. 
Some of you have this experience. You go to the Buddhist church, and they do the chanting. And, and I remember when we were little, that was so foreign to us. We'd be cracking up. Me and my cousins, like Eric Sato, one of my cousins, like, we'd be sitting next to each other, and we'd be li- like, because <laughs> we hear the chanting, and it smell the incense, and it's kind of weird to us. We'd be and my parents like, Right? But the, we were in this Buddhist church for the wedding, and it, it was very strange because we were in there, and then in the prelude, they're play, playing contemporary Christian music. I'm not Christian music, contemporary music, right? They're playing contemporary songs, right? Like, you know, I don't know, Adele and all these kinds of stuff. This is very strange, right? But we went up, we went up for the wedding, and it was cool seeing my relatives. And, you know, we stayed at my mom, with my mom in her, at her home. And whenever I go up to, to my mom's house or stay with my mom, I, there's always different things that trigger reminders of my dad. So my dad passed away about five years ago. And one of the big things is, you know, they still have this box with his ashes right there. So, hey, dad, what's going on, right? But they have, right, they have all these different things triggers reminders of my dad. And often, you know, when I think of my dad, you know what I do? I actually say to the Lord, I look to the Lord and say, Lord, could you just tell my dad I love him and I miss him? Because my dad is with the Lord. I believe my dad is with the Lord. So I just tell the Lord, Lord, can you tell my dad I love him and I miss him? And, you know, one day I'm going to see my dad again. I, I'm convinced. One day I'm going to see my dad again. And um, I, I look forward to that. My dad was, you know, like almost six feet. And I don't know what happened to me on my mom's side. So my dad's almost six feet. And he just gives me this big old bear hug. And I look forward to that. But, you know, even though I know and I believe I'm going to see him again, I, I miss him. And you know what I miss? His presence. I, I miss his presence, experiencing his presence. You know, and, and that's why it was so sad that Adam and Eve hid hid from God's presence. And God's presence, you know, it's the best. We read in Revelation, you know, it talks about his presence brings life. His presence brings joy. His presence brings comfort. His presence brings healing. No more death. No more mourning. No more crying. No more pain. God's presence is awesome. Because God is awesome. Wonderful, and he's good. And his love, he, the Bible says God is love. Can you imagine that? Like being in the presence of God, you just feel constant, overpowering love from God. Because that's who he is. And wherever he is, his awesomeness is with us. But you know, in the Old Testament, this thing with God's presence it was, it was different than it is for us. Because in the Old Testament, God's presence would come and go. It'd be like a physical, almost like a physical person. It would, it would come and go. Look at this passage from Exodus 33. Exodus 33, 14 through 16, the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know 
that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And so God was ticked off with the Israelites, right? Because they had sinned. They had made the golden calf and all that. They, they, were sin- they had sinned, and so he wasn't going to go with them. He was going to send some angels with them. When angels are cool, but they're not God. And so, and but Moses, no, if you don't go with us, we need your presence to be with us because it's your presence that makes all the difference. It tells us, it gives us our identity of who we are and what we're about and it's everything. So you have to go with us. And so God's presence was like being a physical person coming. It, w- it would be there and, and, you know, would come and go. Also in the Old Testament, they were scared of God's presence. They were terrified of God's presence. Look at these verses. Psalm 97, 5, the mountain melted though like wax at the presence of the Lord. Melting. Melting like wax because of the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Isaiah 64, 1 through 3. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence as fire kindles the brushwood as fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence when you did awesome things which we did not expect you came down the mountains quaked at your presence and so they were scared of God's presence. In fact, God's presence showed up on Mount Sinai, right? Came down on Mount Sinai, descended like a cloud on Mount Sinai. There was fire and there was like, his voice was like a trumpet and and it said, do not touch the mountain because if you touch the mountain, you would what? You would die. And so they were scared of God's presence. But some, like David, King David, He knew God's presence was the best thing. That's what he needed. Psalm 1611. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. So on the one hand, the Israelites were terrified of God's presence. But on the other hand, they longed for his presence because they knew how good he was. And so they had a dilemma. They, they had a, an issue. But not us. We don't have that issue. Because Jesus gave us something that we could only dream about. Jesus gave us something they probably couldn't even imagine. Because to them, the presence of God eventually became settled in the temple, right? In the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest could go in there once a year to make atonement for his people. And they would tie a rope around his leg just in case he wasn't pure enough and he died. Who's going to go get him? So they would have to pull the body out. But not us. We have something 
And we have the opportunity to experience something that saves lives today. And because of Jesus, he gave us complete access to the presence of God. That's all that God's presence means. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews. I'm not, I, don't, I didn't want to show it on the screen. Hebrews chapter 12. And I wanted us to read this because in this passage, in Hebrews chapter 12, we see the transition. It describes the transition from how the Israelites viewed God in his presence to what we have today. So look at Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 18. Hebrews 12, 18. Hebrews 12, 18, it says this. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. So the author is talking about when they encountered God's presence, as I described before, at Mount Sinai, right? For they heard an awesome trumpet blast, and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. That's Moses, who I talked about last week, was the most humble man in the whole earth. Moses, who said, talk to God face to face. At when God manifested more of his glory on Mount Sinai, even Moses was said, said I'm scared. I'm scared of the presence of God. 22, now look at this. No, you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. Isn't that such a contrast from a mountain of terrified, don't speak, because it's, it's just making us go crazy, it's just so frightening, to this, Mount Zion, a Jerusalem where there's multitudes of angels joyfully rejoicing. 23, you have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who medi mediates the new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. He says the Israelites, they were terrified of God, of his presence. They carried the same guilt and shame from their forefathers, Adam and Eve, who hid from the presence of God, but not you. Not you who have put your faith in Jesus it's totally a different story now. For us, we can approach God in joyful rejoicing because of what Jesus has done. 
we could experience the fullness and the awesomeness of God. Today, after we have gone as a church family through several weeks, five weeks of some maturing topics, right? Submission, sacrifice, right? Don't suck, right? All these things. Don't be self-centered, right? Be humble. All these needy topics. After all that today, I felt, I really felt with all my heart that the Lord said, okay, take a pause from that. Take a pause from that because I want you to really focus in on what the ultimate goal of creating this is. It's so that you can experience me and my presence and my completeness. So that you can know my fullness in a deeper way. And I felt like the Lord's heart was, I want to just invite you today I'm going to show us in a special way. And even in the first worship service, I felt it. I was like, okay. And then when Dylan was affirming uh, the presence of the Lord, and Marcy was affirming the presence of the Lord, I felt it. I, I, was, I was back there. I was moving the lights, and I was crying. Because I, I really believe today the Father wants us to come into his presence. Come into his presence and to enjoy and be blessed by his presence. Acts 3.19 says, Therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Some of you here, most of you here, if not all of us in here, of the Lord that comes from his presence, comes from his presence. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, love this verse. For we do not have a high priest Jesus who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Verse 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness, with joy. Approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I long to be in the presence of my earthly father one day. Many of you long to be reunited to see loved ones you have lost. But for us today, we don't have to wait to be in the presence of this Lord. We don't have to wait. We don't have to just long for God's presence. He invites us. He is inviting us to come, to come, to be 
continues in his presence. Matthew 18, 26, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. And I believe one of the reasons why this verse is in the Bible, it's because God wants to say, yeah, I am with you 24-7. If you receive Jesus, I've come into you. I will never leave you or forsake you. But when you gather together as a people, even if two or three of you gather, when you gather together, I will show up, I will manifest my presence in a different way. I will come and manifest my presence to you so you could corporately, together as a family, experience my presence in a special way. And I believe the Lord wants to do that today. And so I'm going to have the worship team come up. I just have some little tips here. If you could go to that slide. This is in this worship time, God is inviting you to come into his presence. And so I just, just a few tips. Number one, quiet your soul. Quiet your soul. Most of the time, I find that I and probably most of you were revving, revving at 10,000 RPM. Right? Our life is just like, and it's important to re- stop and quiet your soul from all the thoughts, from all the things that it's saying, from even that restless feeling. You stop and quiet your soul. Next, engage your spirit. You may say, how do I do that? We all have a spirit. If you receive Jesus Christ, you have a spirit that's in him alive. All you do is tell your spirit, spirit, Engage. Spirit, engage. Focus on your spiritual self, not on your soul, not on your fleshly self. Focus in on your spiritual self and say, Spirit, I engage my spirit right now. Okay, so engage your spirit. Three, tell the Lord you want to meet him face to face. Tell the Lord you want to experience his presence. Just say that to your father. The Bible says, if we draw near to him, and James, if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Four, affirm God's presence. When you just start sensing something, just affirm and say, God, that's you. Thank you for being here. I want to just enjoy your presence. And then physically respond in some way. For some of you, it might be, okay, I'm just going to please Sister Spirit and enjoy it. But for others, you know, when we take steps, and response, that's a step of faith. It opens the flag. It opens the door for God for you to experience God's presence in a deeper way because you're saying, okay, I feel like God's calling me to come to the cross and meet like you say now. God's calling me, right, to just stand and lift my hand. God's calling me to do this. And we may take that step of faith and act in that manner. That step of faith, faith releases more the Lord to work. It gives the Lord the green light to work in a deeper way. So it's some way physically respond. Okay, let's pray. Let's, make, let's walk out of here and bow this together. Amen. Lord, I believe you mark this day for a special time where you want to manifest your presence. bless us, Lord. 
your presence. So Lord, we just acknowledge your presence and we welcome you. Jesus, thank you for making a way for me. For tearing the curtain behind us. And we have complete access to you. And Lord, thank you that you welcome us as we are. With all of our warts and shortcomings and worries and concerns and brokenness and sins. You just welcome us. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood is fully, fully capable of covering and setting aside our sins as far as east and from the, from the west, and you make a way. And so, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as come in the very presence of Jesus, in the very presence of the Father. fellowship with you. We want to enjoy your presence. Thank you. We welcome you now. Thank you. by the sound of his voice. 